Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. The because Queen is kind of just a celebrity, like a celebrity grandma lady. Technically, oh my god, you mean state of origin? Yeah. I thought you meant like the origin of a coronavirus case. I was like, <laughs> isn't it usually obvious? <laughs> so, what the beef? Oh, <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Cheek Podcast. This is part two of our Women in Politics two-part series. So if you haven't listened to part one, we did post that last week, but you can listen to this one first. In this episode, we talk about AOC, Margaret Thatcher, Gladys Berejiklian, Anastasia Palaszczuk, Deb Frecklington, why there are still so few women in politics and what we can do about it. Enjoy the episode. Because I follow her on all socials. I find her really interesting. Yeah, me too. Um, if you don't know who AOC is, it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a congresswoman for the Bronx and Queens, yeah. I think. In District 14 in New York. Yeah. yeah. Wow, did I really know that? Damn, I must stalk her a lot. No, I think she's excellent. I also think that she will be um, a president, like a, a candidate for a major party nomination in the next. I think it'll be in eight years. Yeah, you don't think that we're ready for, that America's ready for her? No, I think she's after- a much more competent left-wing Sanders, essentially. I think she's much mm-hmm. more competent, but I think um, America has certain age limits on presidential yeah, nominees. 30. Is it 30. I thought it was 38. Is it 38? I know that she's a few years away anyway. Yeah, I think she has to wait like at least a term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that... I have a feeling that America likes to bounce between Democrat and Republican. Yeah. I think they might have to have another Republican president before she can go get it. You don't think it would go... Um, Biden, Kamala, AOC. Do you think that the Republicans will put a woman up next time? No. This is something I was thinking just before, and I was like, maybe they'll do that. And then I was like, but they won't. The libs haven't even. What was Sarah Palin? I thought she was a something or other for Alaska. But something I was thinking about the other day, AOC um, got the COVID vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. I watched the whole thing. I thought it was really interesting that America was saying that, um, well, they basically all their politicians got the vaccine because as like a national security measure. Oh. And she was obviously, uh, she just kind of said that, like she wasn't really like, I disagree with it. She just said it sort of thing. She probably wouldn't be allowed to comment on that. No. And I saw so many tweets that I thought was so fair. And it was from like quite centrist sort of people, Mm -hmm. citizens. And um, one of the guys was like, I'm an elderly man with a medical condition and I'm happy to wait. I'm happy to wait for this vaccine. But nothing hurts more than seeing people like Mike Pence who have continuously undermined this pandemic. Mm -hmm get the shot before me yeah and i completely agree with that like it's not really a national security member for every single person no i think it's more for like the continuity of governance was like the plan i don't buy that at all because public servants are not supposed to be like they're not supposed to be saviors (laughs) yeah they're supposed to serve (laughs) the the concept is that they're replaceable exactly what i think that it is i don't buy this national security bullshit at all yeah what i think it is is it's an example Yes, they think it's example. safe. It's like it's yeah. like a celebrity getting it. Like when so Ian McKellen got it, they were like, it. "He got it." Yeah, exactly. So now everyone gets it. But um, I mean, I see why. I think that they—it's kind of a slap in the face that they say oh, it's a security measure. Absolutely, because you're you're actually right. It is just like, oh well, these people got it and they're fine. Yeah, exactly. But there's people like, and I've seen people on Instagram, um, like uh, Instagram 
doctors mm. like that um, Maddie yes, Lucy Duncan. Yes, react to it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And she like talked about it and she was like, oh, day day one after the vaccine, I'm feeling like this. My arm kind of hurts. That's yeah. all I feel. Getting my next one on New Year's Eve. Like kind of just like updates. It's like this is what it's going to be like when you get it. Yes. And I think that people like AOC will, be, will do that. Yes. But then people like Mike Pence, it's just like... It is a slap in the face. It is. It absolutely is to people with serious conditions who've been isolating for the whole year. Exactly. Um, in America. And While getting... Mike Pence is flitting about all over yeah. wherever he wants. Yeah, like lols. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because AOC did a few like, come and get tested with me. Like she was like, oh, I just popped down and this line is really short and I got the two hour express and I also got the longer one so I can check and I'm going home. And I'm not going to see my parents until I get the results. Yeah. She's so... actually, honestly, she's one of the most... Um, in like socially on social media, powerful yeah. politicians of our time. Exactly, and that's not because she's a politician. That's just because her. she's really good at breaking things down, and she's not like in the business. I think of kind of answering questions and sort of saying like, "Oh well," and, and having an argument. I think yeah. she's just like really matter of fact. This is what I believe. I understand why you're here. Blah yeah. blah blah. But this is the facts, and this yeah. is what's going on. And explainers, because I think that's one of the biggest issues in America. Is like. People don't understand what socialism is. They don't understand mm. what different sort of ideologies represent. Yeah. And they're terrified of things that they've never been educated on. Exactly. And that's why Trump won the election. Because he used that. And also, like, that's why he got so many votes. Because he was, like, saying that Biden was a socialist. Which anyone who knows what a socialist is knows that Biden's not a socialist. Yes. Anyway. Um, no, I love AOC and I think she's one of like the very few prominent millennial politicians, um, like one of the first people to really kind of get in there as a young person, which yeah. is exciting. Grassroots campaign. Exactly. And I think it's hard as well because a lot of people are saying like, stop holding her on a pedestal, blah, blah, blah. She's just a politician. She's like, it's true, but mm. she's probably one of the few people young people have to look to, especially in America. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get the pedestal thing. Um, like I get both sides. I see why people say don't do it, but then like I think that we should be holding people like AOC to high, like to high standards because if she messes up, like I think people should be like you messed up yeah. and we're really disappointed because you're kind of this like beacon of hope. Well, I think it's the issue is people are worried she'll become like a celebrity of yeah. politics, and it's like yeah. she already is though. But like, it's, it's again, it's such left wing like arguing within yeah and it's yeah, like that's not really the point actually we should just be really proud that we've got someone in there at the moment yeah. that's actually ran a, com a campaign like this exactly succeeded honestly against all odds and people like her make change yes. like you can't really argue against that she was she became prominent not necessarily from her campaign itself but um from the inquest or i don't know what it was into zuckerberg yes um, that's right things like this and oh like, my god when he drank pharmaceutical that water companies. <laughs> yeah yeah like iconic moments where she was actually doing exactly what she's supposed to as a politician exactly not gloating yeah not like riding on the coattails of an other issues but absolutely doing the work yeah and that should be applauded yeah exactly I mean, it's actually what should be standard mm. but for now we need to make applauded. those you know what i mean but <laughs> yeah like, those things need to go viral yeah, they exactly. need to be normalized and if that comes to the pause at start she actually is doing something massive because yeah. in that environment is hard to do exactly and when it gets a lot of media coverage like you know media influences society influences politician uh, politics it's all a circle um and when those types of things do go viral it is sending a message to to people yes and we do need to keep making it go viral yeah. or blowing up or, or whatever i think that 
and uh, I don't know, just she is already a celebrity. Like, yeah, it's happened. Politicians are celebrities yes. in this day and age. So, in contrast to AOC, we're going to move swiftly on to Theresa May. Really interesting contrast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Theresa May, conservative politician mm. in the UK, briefly had the prime ministership. Danced. Do you remember that? No. The dance? Oh, my God. Wait, are you serious? Dance? It's like famous, Kristen. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I have not seen this. Okay, we've just taken a brief interlude to Hannah can show me <laughs> dancing to Dancing Queen. Um, and it made me like her more. Okay. So, Theresa May is a great example of the glass cliff phenomenon. I'd like you to explain. explain. So... The glass cliff, it's, there's kind of, there's a lot of these metaphors that kind of, it's not just the glass ceiling, there are a couple, a couple of different ones. And the glass cliff is essentially when a company, or in this case, a country is like on the brink of a cliff, like on the edge of, on the brink, on the brink slash on the edge of a cliff, metaphorically, and they're just about to fall off the cliff and to their deaths and then when that happens they decide that that's a really good time to bring a woman out and put her at the helm because and basically she doesn't have any chance because to save to save it because they're going to go over the cliff anyway like it's too late and then what happens then is the woman is at the helm when the company or country inevitably falls off this cliff to their fiery death. And then they don't have a woman again for a while because it's like exactly. a blame. Yes, because it's like, well, that was that woman did that. So I heard um, on a podcast that I will not mention because I cancelled them and we've publicly cancelled them, um, this kind of explanation of what happened with Brexit because I think Brexit is something that in Australia we're kind of like what happened it's confusing because it's been going on for so long exactly well the British people don't even understand it fully but basically um the I'm not going to go into the full Brexit but you know the referendum happened that no one and then it was kind of like oh well everyone's voted no but we don't actually have a plan to exit to Brexit so then they had, you know, these other politicians kind of squabbling, leadership spill, blah, blah, blah. Theresa May got kind of handed this, like, lump of shit yes. and was like, fix it. Yeah. And then when she inevitably couldn't, i.e. the falling off the cliff, that's when they kind of booted her and were like, well, you're useless. And they brought in Boris. Exactly. Who is a Trump, basically. Oh. Um, like, very Trumpian. But you don't like Theresa. No, uh, well, I don't align with her politically, yeah, okay. um, but I think that she was never given any hope. Yes. Like, there was no way. Yeah. And now that now, now Hannah's softened me because I just watched that video and I, I'm just like, oh. It was 30 seconds. So Come on, everyone's seen this video where she's, like, strolling in and she, like, does that jig. It's awful. I have not seen it. She looks like a spider, that's why. She looks a bit of a daddy long legs. I think it's a bit sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I, It's just a bit dorky. I honestly don't know enough about Brexit to have much commentary surrounding it. Like, I feel like it's confusing to everyone, but, I, you know, I just feel particularly... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not here to comment on her pol- her politics. Really, I don't follow UK mm. politics, but I just think she's the perfect example of the, the glass cliff. The glass cliff. Also, the way that she dresses is very masculine. Yeah. She's another one of these, um, you know, women who kind of embrace masculine traits in order to make it in a man's world, a la Hillary Clinton, a la 
Margaret Thatcher, who is so hated. And yeah. I think that, again, I'm not going to get too into Margaret Thatcher. I don't align with her. No. It's hard, though. It was a really long time ago. Yes. And again, it, it's like I don't agree with the things that she did as a politician, as a prime minister. Mm. Um, but again, it's so far back from the position we're in now that I find it really hard to make a lot of commentary on decisions Agreed. and positions and conservatism. But it's also so, like, thinking back now, particularly to how the world is as a whole, Australia, the US, until January 20th, and the UK, all governed by conservative governments, uh -huh. and looking at what the societal landscape looks like, the fact that Margaret Thatcher, as a woman, was the Prime Minister so long ago is quite significant. Yeah, and for 11 and a half years, she was the longest-serving Prime Minister of the 20th century in the UK. Exactly, which is, yeah, quite mind-blowing. I think it's also quite prominent, um, her time as Prime Minister at the moment, because of the Crown. Yes. So there's been a lot of coverage over the fact that, obviously, everyone loves Gillian Anderson as well. So mm -hmm. she's playing Margaret Thatcher in the fourth season of The Crown, which has just been released on Netflix mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, months. Um, and so I think that these old, all of this commentary has come up about yep. Thatcher. Um, and it's interesting because actually The Crown is really helpful to me because as much as it's very much a drama um, and very much not always true to the story, I didn't know a lot about UK politics mm. and so that kind of opened me up to a lot about the actual political leanings of each prime minister during the 20th century and I knew a lot about the monarchy but I didn't know a lot about commonwealth decisions yeah. and the US-UK Oz relationships and things like that which I felt like that was quite good insight into in some ways yes. um, and the portrayal of Thatcher obviously by a very famous loved woman but mm. a politician who is so widely sort of hated by progressives now fair yeah. enough for those decisions I understand but again it goes back to a lot of commentary surrounding our feelings towards women of a long time ago mm -hmm. um, I just don't know how relevant it can possibly be we disagree we don't agree with what happened but Again, yeah. I don't know what more to say. Yeah. It's kind of the wrong focus. And it's also practically impossible for us as women who were born in the 90s yeah. to even take any type of opinion of what happened. Yeah. I have like, no we idea don't know what, what the social felt like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If we were born in that time, like we wouldn't be the same as we are now. No. Um, so I think it's a bit of a waste of time to do that, frankly. But I also just realised, like having a matriarch... Queen Elizabeth around for so long it didn't seem to or does it influence how many women they had because they've had two we've had only one I mean I guess it was a long long time ago that this happened as yeah. well I think that in many ways it's hard because the matriarch at the head of the monarchy she's ahead of the Church of England mm. so it's kind of confusing because it's a very symbolic position yeah she doesn't she has the capacity to make real change in terms of massive decision making in the structure of government mm -hmm. where necessary she's kind of like the emergency decision maker yeah but in terms of day-to-day -day politics and running of the country she's a consultant at best in many yeah. ways mm -hmm. um and she's a figurehead she's a symbol it's it's hard because I think that it desensitizes conservative culture to women in leadership positions mm. unknowingly a lot of the time I'd yeah. say but at the same time it's not I don't think it defines how comfortable you are with women in 
prime ministerial roles because it is fundamentally different. Yeah. Well, I guess people all know that, like even the people who love the Queen know that at the end of the day, she really is a figurehead at the yeah. moment. She's not actually making After she decisions. dies, I can't imagine there's no. going to be one. I, I can't imagine that. I think... I honestly think Australia is not a republic purely because it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But, like, it takes so much. Mm-hmm. And we've had a referendum in the last however long. Yeah. Um, I think it's just easy. I don't think we necessarily... Like, when are we calling the Queen for an opinion? Well, I was going to say, how much does it have... Like, how much does it kind of impact us well, Governor General positions are quite prominent like quentin bryce have you driven past her the uh, queensland governor general's house no is it in paddington yes it is so big there's a job going there at the moment that i'm looking at really yes well mm. it's massive yeah um yeah i just don't really think that we like i i mean i only just recently kind of in the last couple of years found out that the governor general is like the queen's person i was just like oh the government person yeah no yeah. yeah and obviously i think even when it was quentin bryce in that position i remember it being more prominent like when she would visit the queen like i just yeah i remember that but yeah. now i can't even think of it like it doesn't even ring a bell like no the only time i the only reason i knew quentin bryce was because i was in scouts as a kid and she used to come and present there there was like a specific like um kind of status you could get to when you completed lots of tasks and did volunteer work that was the called something anyway it was like the queen's something or other oh. and quentin bryce would come and present it i didn't get one obviously can't remember what it is even <laughs> but she would come and she had a lot to do with the scouts right as well so that's the only reason i knew it's interesting about her at all but i wouldn't i don't know the governor general doesn't really like make one think sort of that she has striking to do position with of the power no it's exactly. not anymore no the because it's kind of just a celebrity like a celebrity grandma lady. technically the governor general has more power than the mm. prime minister yeah so that's interesting but it's not useful well the only what was the last time they did something they fired goff whitlam yeah and then since then nothing i can't yeah. think of anything someone should should have scolded scomo for going to hawaii <laughs> that's what he should have done oh, <laughs> not about him we're not talking about men so useless he's so frumpy is the word he's just a daggy dad i have a podcast about him yeah pr and politics check it out check it 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 hasn't come out as i'm as i'm recording um okay uk politics don't have much else to say to you no so i'm angry about something (laughs) (laughs) so the daily telegraph um on the 27th of december released a headline that says anastasia palaszczuk builds trump-like wall on Mm. the border yes so obviously that's a murdoch paper so that's really what we can take from that Mm. and this is again, and I said this in the last podcast, the politicization of the pandemic is so infuriating because it is because it's dividing the public based on their political leanings. It's dividing Australian states based on their premiers. Yeah. And it is also stopping liberal or LMP leaders from being 
willing to lock things down. Yeah. Which is what has happened with Gladys Berejiklian. Yeah. She has basically refused to lock things down strictly because she doesn't want to be like Palaszczuk, who's who's a Labor premier. She's also got ScoMo, like, standing by her, saying, like, she's operated best, essentially. Yes. Because they think it's, like, the practical approach to not lock anything down. Yes. Even though she's just now locked down, as we are recording this, she's just locked down um, like the Sydney Harbour for New Year's Eve. Yeah. It's it's confusing to me because even as someone who literally was caught in the Queensland border closure last week, like I made it back on a flight four hours before the border closed and I was literally sweating bullets. Like I was like, oh my God, I can't afford 14 days in hotel quarantine. Like I was so stressed that the flight would get delayed, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I still thought, good job, Anastasia. That was the right move. <laughs> yes. I just still thought incredible approach yeah that's exactly what we want well as i was um uh, sitting in a middle seat crossing the border yesterday i was like now everyone don't forget we have anastasia to blame for this because <laughs> <laughs> it did take us like an hour and a half to cross the border but i mean at the end of the day like who i don't know like who cares (laughs) like my pain and discomfort for missing one day of my holiday or waiting an hour to cross a border exactly does not is just not even relevant considering their health yes exactly exactly and that's what i was thinking the whole time because we knew that police as we're sitting in the line we'll we were you know kind of just chit-chatting for an hour and a half and we knew that police would be at the border and we're talking about that and we're like oh we bet you know they've probably had the worst day ever because imagine how many people are like really pissed about being in this line yeah and i think we accidentally got there at the worst time so it was the busiest so i'm sure people were waiting for um for two hours that day lots more other days and we're just thinking like um you know imagine being someone who thinks that it is appropriate to arc up and yell at a police officer because you've been sitting in a car for a few hours because you want to get somewhere that is not where you were before and you knew that there was a border closure you knew this would happen exactly because and you know that covid has like killed people Anyway, the gall. But yeah, I think that, I mean, Anastasia, I know a lot of people still are trying to say that Anastasia did a bad job, blah, blah, blah. But I just really think that's totally irrelevant now because she won an election in COVID. Third. Exactly. Her third is the longest for a Queensland female premier ever, isn't it? it yes. Yeah. yeah. And one of the longest serving Queensland uh, yeah. Labor premiers ever. Yeah. Um, and gained more seats and the LNP lost seats in this election. Like Greens killed it. Exactly. Doubled their presence. Yep. The One Nation vote was down. I just don't think that anybody has a leg to stand on saying that she didn't do a good job because she did. And I don't really, I don't agree with all of her policies necessarily. I think she did a good job um, in the pandemic. I think she generally does a pretty good job. Um, there are a couple of critiques that I have of her from a PR perspective, which I won't get into, but like sometimes her delivery is a bit not great. I was going to say that after spending every day watching Gladys do press conferences and Dr. Chant, who's the chief um, sort of doctor mm-hmm. in South Wales, Anastasia is a much better public speaker. Than Gladys. I think she can be a bit harsh in her delivery, Yeah, but I think in terms of communicating the information, especially in the pandemic, mm-hmm. excellent. 
Interesting. Yeah. Because I've seen um, recently on LinkedIn, of all places, people have been very pro-Gladys and said, like, oh, what a woman. She's been such a stand-up leader this this year. I'm like, excuse me, what about the scandal? I think that New South Wales has done a really good job um, in terms of every single time they've had a minor outbreak, I've been like, here we go, Melbourne. It's going to be the same as Victoria. Yeah. And it hasn't. Yeah. They've got it under wraps, even though, like, right now they've got, like, over 100 cases. Mm-hmm. And I'm still shocked by, like, it went from being, like, 30 in a day to then 8. Then, and obviously it takes days. I understand the whole process. Yeah. But I've been shocked that, like, they had a cluster in southwest New, um, Sydney mm-hmm. in July. It didn't explode. Obviously it meant border closures. But they have been surprisingly good at managing low case numbers on the daily like it hasn't exploded like victoria had with their major lockdown it's been manageable not border opening manageable Mm -hmm. but like a few cases a day yeah and i think that's why new south wales is so quick to point the finger and be like you guys aren't being practical it's like no we actually are because i'd rather we've had we had a hundred days of zero community transmission like before this i'm pretty sure we still have it Mm -hmm. but it's just like shocking that they think it's like an awful approach to have no cases yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think anyone who's critiquing Queensland has absolutely no like to stand on because we have performed as one of the best states. Yes. And been, well, the best on the East Coast, definitely. Oh, absolutely. And WA, South Australia, Tasmania have been arguably much more um, harsh in their approach to cl- and Northern Territory in yes. closing the borders. Yeah. I think that Anastasia has been... Uh, but I also hate that, and this is just a quick swivel, I don't mean to pit Gladys and Anastasia against each other, but it is exactly what the media is feeding us. Yes, and I hate that. And Mm. again, it's like politicizing a health pandemic. Um, Also, the fact that they are very similar looking doesn't help. But Um, it's also like two women with foreign last names. That's that's exactly what Australia sees is like at the helms of like two of the two of the most prominent Australian states. Yeah. Um, and all they want to do... also border each other. Yeah. No one really brings a Dan versus Gladys or Anastasia situation into no, it. No, which is weird. No. I'm surprised there's not been more Dan v um, Gladys. Yeah. But I think it's just because it's like, well, Victoria lost. Yeah. So people are kind of like... Who's next? Yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, I despise that. And like the, the fact that the media has turned it into this like cat fight between the two of them, like making... And um, some of them, they have they have done themselves. Yeah. Um, but some of it has been, like, blown up by the media. These, like, little digs, even around the origin. And I think, like, I know a lot of people take the origin very seriously. I do not. Oh, my God. You mean state of origin? Yeah. I thought you meant, like, the origin of a coronavirus case. And I was like, <laughs> isn't it usually obvious? <laughs> some people take the origin very seriously. And not I was me. like, yeah, it was a U.S. <laughs> flight like someone international from the u.s someone ate a bat anyway um apparently it was australian beef that someone ate that was i read that somewhere oh i was like i'm pretty sure it was a bat <laughs> anyway it was a bat in wuhan like what? yeah wuhan bat what the beef oh wow. <laughs> i want to cut that out to be honest that sounds stupid can what? i what can i please beef? can i please leave in what <laughs> the can. beef okay you can leave it in um okay what the beef Mm. (laughs) Uh, um okay what the beef where were we what the beef oh yeah so sometimes they talking of beef (laughs) sometimes oh that's right origin so state of origin i mean i i know a lot of people take it very seriously but like at the end of the day it's just a game don't get triggered that i said that but but if you're so obsessed with men rubbing up against each other like (laughs) 
I just hate football. Yeah, so do I. We've, Violent we're... men hitting each other for 80 minutes. Like, just wow. Um, but can I say, when I've lived in, obviously, I'm born and raised in New South Wales, and we do not care about the origin like you guys do. Really? Yes. I thought it was everybody. No. Like, if you are, like, if you live in New South Wales, when the origin's on, everyone watches it. It's got the same yeah. popularity. Okay. But I will say that as a person from New South Wales living in Queensland, I have copped a lot more abuse. Really? Yeah. Whereas Around I, origin time or just any time? Origin time. Okay. I would say that, oh my God, it's so hard for me. Um, <laughs> just a joke. <laughs> but it's like the cockroach thing oh, that yeah. comes out. Like in New South Wales... We wouldn't really say that to someone from Queensland, but in Queensland they would say it to someone from. I think yeah. it's just it, it, there's something interesting. That's so fascinating because I thought it was double. I thought it was like from both no, sides. I I think maybe it's because New South Wales is one larger. Um, I look. I hate to say it. I think Queensland's a bit more bogan in yeah, some ways. Yeah, I agree. And so I think that it is more of a thing here, NRL especially. Whereas like mm-hmm. I think a lot of the portion of New South Wales doesn't care. Yeah. And the people I who do that. care don't, like, unless you're an attendee, you're not really going to abuse someone who's from Queensland. Like, Oh, they, yeah, there's, like, fights, like, in the crowd every yeah. single year. But, like, if I was wearing a Blues jersey in Queensland, I feel like I'd get threatened on the way to a game. Oh, yeah, you would, yeah. 100%. I've seen people do it. Yeah. Um, You wouldn't. I just, if I was ever to do that, which I never would do any of those things, um, I would not wear Blues paraphernalia in a Queensland pub. No way. No. It'll be scary. Anyway, so, yeah. Sorry for saying Queenslandsburg and I the, like living here. <laughs> at the end of the day, like, it is just a game. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a bit of entertainment and a bit of fun. But I think that then the media took this. Because I think Gladys, like, tweeted something or, like, put something on LinkedIn or Facebook that was like, you know, we haven't been allowed in, but we're going to, like, crush you in the in the sports game. Oh, and so the media God. then was like, oh, my God, did you Gladys Berger and Shay Donna Stage up? Girl fight. Girl fight. fight. But just like every single thing, it's just like, oh, so-and-so, they, they, she takes a dig. Oh, Gladys didn't even text Donna Stage. It's just the language. Like, she wow. didn't even, it's just... Exactly. She didn't even, like, congratulate her for winning, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? Gladys is scandal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that she has really kind of skated by this one. She's really lucky it happened in COVID times. That's exactly my thought too. I think that if this whole ICAC thing had happened, mm-hmm. not in a pandemic, she'd be out. Yeah. I mean, they, premiers have resigned over less. Yes. But but they can't have a premier resigning in coronavirus. No. Especially considering how well-performing she was looking to be to a lot of the... Like, New South Wales loves her approach, yes. it seems. Yep. Even the, like, more left-leaning people like her. I also love how the outcome of this um, sort of investigation was like, oh, poor Gladys and her romance. I know. It's just odd to me because I thought when this was kind of emerging... Mm-hmm oh my God, this woman is going to be destroyed because she's a woman. Yeah. And instead it worked in her favor. Yeah. Which shocked me. But it's also like fucked in another way. Yeah. Because then it's just like, oh my God, this poor little lady. She didn't know yeah. what was going on. Like she's not she an idiot. She did know what was going on. The she recordings clearly showed that yeah. she was like, oh, don't tell me that. Yeah, exactly. She knew so much that she was like, stop. <laughs> like there's such an, un- it's undercutting everything that she is yeah. as a leader yeah. to say, oh, heartbreak tragedy for gladdy like fucking hell I, yeah 
I mean, it must have taken a lot for her to come out and play the victim because you don't want to be, I don't don't. know, you don't want to be the product of sympathy as a premier. No. But it's like, it was kind of like her only hope to get through it. If that happened, I also wonder because, again, like she's liberal, she has the support of the federal government, like she's in the same party. So I wonder what would have happened if that happened to Anastasia. If, like, ScoMo would have come out and been like, this is unacceptable and this is not good enough and it's corrupt. Because he was very quiet on the issue. He was. I mean, he's been very quiet on everything lately. He has. Someone must have been, like, just... I think on, like... uh, I thought he was on holiday again. (laughs) I saw this Batuta article that was like, check Noosa, where is he? And I thought, oh, he's probably... Like, he has been particularly quiet. Yes. On all the issues in the past couple of months, I felt. Yeah, I think that he has gone somewhere. But he's keeping it quiet, obviously. So as we were preparing for this podcast, we were writing a list of prominent um, women politicians and we actually really struggled because there aren't very many. I think it also became just like quite clear that as much as I try and pay attention to politics, um, the women that are prominent, even in my electorate, like for example, I voted um, for the current Greens member in my electorate, Amy McMahon, who beat out Jackie Trad mm-hmm. in this last state election. Um, obviously, people like Jackie Trad, Jackie Lambie, Christina Keneally, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of, there are a lot of female politicians. There's not enough when we look at the stats. Yeah. Um, like, I just looked at one that said last year in the lower house at a federal level, 23% of liberal. MPs were women. Mm. Appalling. Yes, yeah, so low. Yeah, it was like 14 out of 77 or something, just, just shit. And I think it's hard because there are these prominent women in these positions and yet you know so little about them compared to their male counterparts yep. in the same roles. Yes, exactly. Like literally we've been doing this podcast and we keep reverting back to, men. to the men. Yeah. We keep going, oh, but Joe Biden, oh, but Scott Morrison, oh, but Boris Johnson. And it's like, why, 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 why? And it's because the media plugs mm-hmm. those backstories yeah and all that sort of networking whereas like i don't know that much about the women no even julie bishop arguably yeah. one of the most prominent female politicians in australian history mm-hmm. and i think oh she fucking released a perfume yeah i just <laughs> and she wore oh, sparkly red shoes. shoes at the leadership spill like why was that the photo yeah oh god and I think a lot of them, the, particularly the ones who have uh, been successful, like Kamala Harris, it's kind of, you know, because a male politician was there to, you know, give her the leg Lift up. Lift them up. Exactly. Yes. Which I hate to say because I, they don't need it. But I think the ones that are the most prominent have already have been given a lift up by a man like Kamala, like Hillary Clinton, obviously. Absolutely. I think the two potentially that are the most standalone um, in the world at the moment are Jacinta Arden, mm-hmm. Ardern, Arden, Ardern, and Angela Merkel. Yeah, agreed. I think they are probably the two that kind of you don't associate with men. No. You just think powerhouse. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what the difference is. Maybe it's because we don't live in those countries. It could be, yeah. But I think that like in terms of like every time I look at like a business insider or a Forbes list, like Angela Merkel as the German chancellor has been on those lists for like, a decade now yeah um she is just known to be the powerhouse of what is like the fourth strongest economy in the Mm -hmm. world essentially yeah um and i think it's just shocking i 
I think it's because they really lead from the front too. Yeah. I think they're obviously um, they're not outspoken necessarily. Mm-hmm. Both of them. I I don't think either of them. I don't know enough about Chancellor Merkel, but I think that at least with Jacinta, um, she she always says enough. I don't think she's playing a man's game. No. I don't think she's getting by on being particularly feminine or masculine. Mm. I think she's just a leader and that I think she's become, especially because she's New Zealand's third female prime minister as well, I think that it's just become easier and easier for a woman to fit into that role without yep. being associated with the counterpart that got her there and things yes, like that. exactly. Yeah. And I think, like, with um, Merkel, she's been around for a long time. Yeah. So I think that if you – I mean, I think that if Julia Gillard had been – had held the seat for a longer time, she would have gotten stronger and stronger and stronger as yes. a leader. Um, but unfortunately, she just didn't get to that point where yeah. she kind of was able to fully – and confidently stand on her own two feet. No, she wasn't provided the opportunity or the means to just lead on her own terms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that particularly around campaign time and in times of crisis, like as we just mentioned with um, Gladys Berejiklian and Anastasia Palaszczuk, where the media does love to pit them against each other, Yeah, I think that the media will well will really go for the women who run in a way that they will never go for a man yeah and i also think that the opposing parties will kind of um just keep that in mind like the opposing parties campaign team will tailor a campaign around whether the opposition is a man or a woman and kind of um adapt accordingly like for example one of the first things we heard about deb frecklington who was the opposition leader for the lnp who ran against palaszczuk in the uh, recent election for queensland she well first of all she looks exactly like palaszczuk to be honest they are both they look very similar similar. yep so i think there was an element like a mirroring element because you know palaszczuk is very widely respected in queensland has done very well for the last couple of terms and they you know queensland is now comfortable with a woman at the helm we also had anna Bly previously so it's not our first woman and palaszczuk has been around for a couple of terms and they thought well queensland's happy with that so we're going to give them the same thing like yeah. a middle-aged another middle-aged white woman with brown mid-length hair but then again anna Bly kind of resembles that sort of you're right and, and so does gladys also anna Bly had a sort of pandemic of her own the queensland floods the floods saved her do you think i wasn't living here at the time my parents a lot of people in new south wales didn't like Bly. Mm. um i remember that being a thing i think it's because she tried to pit new south wales and queensland against each other during the floods right i just remember that being a thing in my household that was spoken about but then again my parents were liberal voters but with Anna Bly again do you think that she she got a second term because of the floods yes 100% she was done for yeah yeah a crisis can make or break a leader and the floods definitely gave Anna Bly a yeah another go yeah 100% and then she ended up losing to Campbell Newman who I remember this made a huge mess of everything and then lost so many seats really the liberal the lnp had seven seats before anastasia came along they went from or when she came along i should say after she came along the lnp had seven seats after campbell newman messed up everything yeah and that's when anastasia came in and she she built it from the ground yes she got a lot done she's been around for a long time people absolutely hated campbell newman oh we're talking about a man again oh Oh. man (laughs) they always crawl in um yes so 
And one of the, I, I went on a tangent, but one of the most, the first things that came out when the, the when Deborah Frecklington was announced as the leader for the opposition was this Korea Mail front page that where Deb Frecklington just like put so much shit on Anastasia's outfits and basically said that she was ugly. Like that was the start of the campaign. Yes. And also you can't, I can't fully blame the Korea Mail for that because she said that like words out of her mouth were talking about Anastasia's appearance. When a woman does that to another woman, they are operating as a man yep. and getting a position like, like it really bothered me in, sorry to bring it back to this, in the Hillary Clinton documentary when they were showing, obviously a lot of people have seen this, when she was trying to be nominated for the Democratic Party, um, when she was essentially, he was saying she would only is in this position to be nominated because she's a woman. Like she's playing the woman card. Mm. She has no successes, which is odd considering their resumes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Confusing. Um, and again it's like it is more damaging when a woman tears down another woman for being a woman yeah it, it's just like how do you ever expect to get the respect of women because it is it's becoming more blaringly obvious yeah to women voters yeah because exactly. we have that right crazy yes. to vote yeah um and it, it becomes just more and more painful i think to hear it because i think people are becoming more attuned to that sort of thing as well yes exactly exactly i don't understand like how you as a woman think you're going to get women's votes by pulling down another woman mm. and being like well she's ugly so you should vote for me yeah like please give me a break i have no time for deb frecklington at all she and and palaszczuk like i know a a lot of win thank god oh yes thank goodness um and i know that even though there were a lot of people who and we kind of mentioned this earlier felt that anastasia is a little bit high and mighty that was a lot of a big kind of critique about her but she in her electorate which is anala which is the lowest ses area in the brisbane region um she is the MP for that area, and she won with like seventy five percent of the vote. Really? So clearly, like I think that if your electorate thinks that highly of you, and they think that because she, you know, when the um, one William Street was built, the big tower, yeah, the government building, um, it's quite a monstrosity to be honest. It's very thick. Yeah, it's a thick boy. <laughs> yeah, um, big Willie. And so that's a government building, and basically her office is the whole top floor. Oh. But she basically, not refused, but she very rarely worked there because she wanted to work in her home office in Anala. That's nice. Yeah, I agree. And it's a very, like, woman of the people kind of thing to do. Like, she didn't i mean you can you can understand how easy it would be for a premier to forget about their electorate when they are the premier of the whole state but you have to but she never winning. did has there been I, I can't even think of a time i was thinking about this before john howard got voted out of his seat at the same time that he kevin rudd got voted in yeah i remember because maxine McHugh took over she was the labor mm-hmm. and that was what oh seven yeah but i can't remember many instances where the actual person as premier or prime minister has been voted out mm, no well, what would it happen? Has to be a safe seat. What would happen if they got voted? I don't know. I think I've asked someone this. What would happen if they got voted out of their seat, but they, they can't won be the election? Leader. Yeah, exactly. The deputy it would have to do it. It always has to be an extremely safe seat. Yeah, exactly. Which you know you would hope that it would be. Because Abbott lost his seat. Yeah, good. But then he still didn't go but away. That was one of the most prominent liberal seats. Yes. Like yeah. Upper Sydney, essentially. Did, did he lose it to an independent? 
I think so. It was something. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fact checking. Hey? Yeah, I think it was an independent. I think it was a woman yeah. as well. But I'll double check that. How do you think we're going to get more women in the seats? I think that with people like Anastasia and Gladys, as much as I don't like the way that they're being pitted against each other, I don't necessarily agree with like Gladys's policy and approach, mm-hmm. and I don't align with her. She's liberal. I think that sort of representation is yep. important yes. because I think it's like having two females um, as consistent and now long-serving, well, for Anastasia at least, mm-hmm. um, prominent politicians. It's like proving that the australian people are looking part not past but incorporating like it's not their gender isn't part of the decision making as a yes or no yeah and i think that the more that then that's normalized the more women will step up to the jobs yeah it was fascinating to me to have two females going head to head as at, in this recent most recent state election mm-hmm. um because i don't know if that's ever happened before i don't think so i don't think it has and it didn't seem to be a thing the, that people... the point of the coverage no which was shocking it is frankly but impressive yeah um but i wonder i also wondered if that was because what we see of the campaign is what's reported in the media and because murdoch owns the media and the Mur- murdoch's affiliations are liberal and the liberal party the lmp put a woman forward if they it's can't like attack yeah the very nature of yeah there's also no other option so what's the point in that conversation exactly the only time i heard it mentioned was when anastasia mentioned in her um victory speech speech. yeah Yeah. which i liked that she did that she did it very early on as well yeah um deb didn't have the same no she didn't i think she just said i congratulate my opponent and that's it and i was like you know again because she's getting there playing by a man's rules yeah exactly and Just then dissing she, her fucking outfits like. yeah exactly rude but i do agree i think the more women that are around the less it is interesting that they are a woman yeah and then the more and i also wonder how many women would be deterred from running because they're like well the media is going to have a field day because i'm a woman they're going to say this and they're going to say that but then looking at the coverage as like versus women like yeah i wonder how much that's going to deter i don't think it would deter anyone anymore because i think people are over it mm, i yeah. honestly think people look at that and go oh again like i yeah. already think people are moving past that sort of shit i hope so depends where you look i suppose yeah. but i think that it's getting a bit old it's like think of something new to say yeah but i think far and wide across queensland people are respecting what anastasia is doing and that's yep. important yeah she's being really hardline mm-hmm. and people are voting her back in for that and that's yep. impressive because i don't think uh, I, I think that is showing that we've come far yeah and again i i actually think the nature of the pandemic is going to reseat them again probably mm-hmm. like i think the effects of this will be felt again yeah um and i think that a huge turnaround like this will prove and sort of instill in the minds of Australians at least that female leadership is strong. Yes. And that this this pandemic affirms that in some ways. I think that because Palaszczuk was so steadfast mm. and did not flip-flop at all, I think that um, will kind of cause a ripple, a very positive ripple-on effect yeah. for women politicians because one of the critiques that people have about women politicians is that they – you know, change their mind and emotional. are emotional. Yes, yeah. make. She's not, and she she's not, and she could have been like, not because she's a woman, but she could have been because leading up to the election, obviously there were Queenslanders who were like 
pissed that they can't go to New South Wales. Yes. But she didn't change her mind. She was like, no, no like, this is what I said and this is we're going to keep doing it. She would have it. lost more voters if she did. Exactly, exactly. Opened. Yes, and I think that, I mean, it's good that people saw the results from it. But the thing I was thinking was when we were saying that, like, she's not emotional, Ooh, but it's like... <laughs> She, she should be allowed to be. Yeah. But again, for now, you need to, for self-preservation reasons, yes. you need to take on certain um, sort of operational tactics. And one yep. of those is don't cry. Yeah. Don't let your guard down. No. Um, and that's not playing a man's game. I yeah. think that's just securing your position exactly. and making it easier for the next woman. Yes. And again, it's like Jacinta Arden, like she's moving forward and is on a global scale now, one of the most popular leaders in the world mm-hmm. for a tiny country. Yeah. Because of the compassion and positive emotion she brings to that yes. role. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's proving that, like, again, the longer we get into having women shuffle through these roles. Mm-hmm the more opportunity presents itself for natural, organic leadership. And if that means little emotion, fine. If that means some emotion, fine. Yeah. doesn't define... Exactly. It's not the most interesting... Thing about you, like yes. the article you wrote. Yeah. Yes. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>